Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. We'll get to the episode in just a second. We've got a voicemail from our friend, Spencer Parks. Hey guys, this is Spencer. I am calling about the Oh Do Not Forsake Me episode. Uh, I have always loved this song uh, from the minute I heard it. Like you said, it's a weird song on a weird album by, of course, like a weird band, the best band in the world. Uh, great episode. You obviously had the best possible person to be a guest. Uh, but the thing that I wanted to say was, um, the, the line that gets me is, it's the one about, um, how, you know, talking like this, talking like this. And it's obviously sung in a very specific way. But I want to know what was going through Flansberg's brain because the way that he sang that demo was, Greg, like you said, very, uh, sort of old school bluesy, which was great. Uh, I would have loved to hear actually more of that, but it's so different from what the final product came to be. And so I wonder, like, what was he thinking with that line? You know, it fits so perfectly with the final product of the song, but it's so different from his original demo. And I just, I just want to know what was going through his brain when he wrote that, because it's, it's something that isn't clicking there. Um, anyway. I, I I noticed that you guys didn't bring that up, so I wanted to mention it. Uh, I love that song. I have always tried to hit those really, really low notes, and I'm clearly not uh, a bass. Uh, so when I get down there, it becomes very uh, vibratory, and it's not even real singing. But I love trying, especially early in the morning when it's a little bit easier. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Thanks for calling in, Spencer, and thanks for listening. Anyone can call and leave us a voicemail at 224 224- Eight zero one two nine three zero, and on with the show. Welcome to this might be a podcast, the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Gene Harrell to talk about the song "Fun Assassin" off of the Spine Surfs Alone. <laughs> Like a mirror in the dark And we're off to a bad start again Dawn begins This is what the summer became Only strangers walking down from the beach Where did we bury the time? Fun assassin killing fun for kicks Stab me in the front Tell me that I'm jinxed 
fun assassin, take off your disguise, look me in the eye and lie. Lost in space. Jean, hi. Hi. Hey there. Where are you at exactly? I am about an hour outside of Seattle, Washington. So Okay. Yeah, but. the um episode I just posted today as of our day of recording with uh Ekelemchi Okembo talking about Tesla. He lives in Washington. Where's he at? I'm trying to look it up real quick. He's somewhere in Washington State as well. It's all somewhere Washington relative to Seattle. <laughs> or Spokane. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, well, it's pretty much like no one knows where anything is in Indiana. So, I mean, do people even know? I mean, Indianapolis is right smack dab in the middle of the state. So you kind of just say, which direction are you from Indianapolis? And maybe people will know. Um, I grew up in Chicago. People know where that is, (laughs) at least. (laughs) Yeah. So thanks for coming on the show. You uh, are an awesome Patreon subscriber. Thank you for that. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you for like getting me on so quickly. Actually, I was expecting a much longer wait time than um, I got on for. So some people have had to wait a while, but you, as a uh, on that that tier of the Patreon, I Woo-hoo. figured gets you uh, jump the line a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, if there's anyone out there, and I said this on the last episode too, if there's anyone out there that's been on the spreadsheet for a long time and I've forgotten in the whirlwind of all of this stuff, bug me. Feel free to bug me. Don't just be like, he forgot about me. Your name's on there. It's just I've, I've decided I've got to, when I put new people on the spreadsheet, I need to put next to their name the date that I put them on there. Because <laughs> <laughs> this point... This this uh, poor guy uh, uh, lives in Lafayette. Like I got a lot of locals and people I knew in person when the show first started. Uh, this guy Rick, who lives in Lafayette here, um, he signed up. And um, I just sent him a message. We're like, we should probably schedule your episode. I noticed that we uh, put you. We first talked about it and put you on the spreadsheet in. February of 2019. And I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. It's been two years. <laughs> so we got his uh, Sapphire Bullet scheduled. And I'm like, it's actually not not uh, not a bad thing, really, that we uh, waited a bit on that. Because since he signed up, Stillube came to be. Absolutely. So, right. That- if, uh, yeah, if uh, we had done his episode right away, I'd been like, damn it. The Stilub thing is such a cool, cool bit of uh, stuff to talk about, and we, and we wouldn't have done it. So, if only I could have gotten them here to Seattle for the flood thirtieth before everything shut down. But yeah, I was supposed to go to the second Chicago show. If I'd gone to the first one, I would have seen them. But no, so eventually it's going to happen. Yeah, eventually. I know they still have they still have the May stuff on the books as of now, don't they? And June, they're supposed to be June here, so and their yeah. tickets are still available. So, not for the mink car show. Mink car still sold out, but flood's still available. <laughs> it's all going to get pushed again. I'm positive. I know. You know, they might be giants are not one of those reckless bands that, uh, you know, you've seen some artists getting in trouble and stuff over the uh, quarantine for like attempting to do unsafe shows. And they might be giants are, uh, you know, they know science is real. They're not gonna. <laughs> they're not gonna risk it <laughs> yeah so we just i mean literally just internet 
met not that long ago and uh and here we are talking on the phone about a deep cut fun assassin but before we get into that song we need to talk about your uh your fandom i don't know too much about you yet i want to know how you got into they might be giants i've been elusive just kind of sneaking around um let's see i've been a pretty long time fan back 19 i I figured out it was 1998 i guess is when i got into them um Mm -hmm. a little bit younger than you but still kind of in that age range i just turned 37 so yeah Mm -hmm. um, was, I'll be 40 this year. No. Ah! Um, so for me, it was eighth grade that I became a fan. I had I was in band. I had band friends. You What'd know you how that goes. I played clarinet. Nice. I played clarinet. My friend played clarinet as well. And we kind of battled chairs together. And then our other friend played saxophone. And then another friend played flute. And the four of us are the ones that you saw in the Particle Man photo together. Yes, a miscellaneous T. That's a miscellaneous T, yes. So people got a kick out of that. That was pretty awesome. So yeah, the other clarinet player was Particle Man, I was Triangle Man. It was <laughs> and then flute player was Universe Man and Saxophonist was the person man. Did um, you fight over who got to be which character? No, it, it was pretty fluid on who was going to be who on that one. Um, so our school does a lip sync contest every year during, yeah. I guess it was Spirit Week. And so during, we had done one the previous year already. There was a fifth member that had gone on to high school already, but we actually did, it was a Ren and Stimpy skit. Um, I want to <laughs> be a monkey. <laughs> So the five of us did Ren and Stimpy, and so Particle Man and the one that had already graduated, they were Ren and Stimpy, and then the three of us other ones were the monkeys. And our school got a pretty big kick out of it. We were yeah. we were second place only to two of the skater guys that did uh, Millie Vanilli. Blame <laughs> um, it on the rain, and they did the whole Blame it on the rain skit that goes along with it. So it wow. was a it was a pretty fun little school event looking back on it that we had. The goofy um, things that kids come up with. So that second year we came back and that was like our big return was doing Particle Man um for the entire school. Um at that point <laughs> they, we were pretty well known to the school. We were the kind of like alternative kids. Yeah. I, we had hair, and I think in the yearbook we were voted most unique. Um, mm. Whatever that means to the school, most unique, you know. <laughs> sure. Take it as you will, but we were definitely coolest. Just having fun with it. Means. So nice. Um, That's awesome. The stuff that the kids come up with is just like, I love it. I mean, you know, I teach uh, elementary school, and my sixth grade choir we're preparing for our videotapes talent show and um so i wanted them to pick the song you know barring any some sort of inappropriate stuff or whatever and um they ended up picking a song from uh, moana called uh you're welcome and of course it went to a, a disney song but then the other ones that they wanted to do they were suggesting stuff like thunderstruck and mr blue sky and another one bites the dust i'm like Man, you kids know, you know, there are kids out there who know good 
music. They don't all just listen to, you know, the crap that's on the radio. Um, <laughs> so, you know, props to, to, to you ladies for doing the, uh, particle man. And hell, Millie Vanilli, that's even coming out of nowhere. Cause that was, I mean, that would have been like five years old at that point. Right. Or even right. older. It was a little bit older for, for them in, you know, 98 to do, but they got right. the whole get up and, you know, it was, a, it was fun. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That would be like an eight or nine year old reference at that point. That's, that's, uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. What, uh, what was the first album you heard or the first song? So a little bit different on that one. First album would actually be severe tire damage. Like first hmm. song literally would probably be Dr. Worm is what yes. my friend played for me. And always holds like a special place in my heart as I know it does for you. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got a little bit different entry just because I was a little bit later. Um, I actually didn't even have flood until I had it on vinyl, like many years later, I never even owned flood. Wow. Hmm. But, but after I listened to Sphere Dive Hamage, I went back and I think the next one I got was the then the compilation. Mm-hmm. Um, it became a thing like my mom would get me like a, a CD every Christmas and it was pretty much, you know, you know, that I think it was then that year and state songs came out the first, like the following year in ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I got that one and that was a real interesting one to play for my family like hey i have this new cd you put it in and it's you know a very kind of abstract illinois you know, <laughs> not even, uh, um, words to it and my you know i just feel kind of like oh yep this is this is what i'm into um <laughs> my family never was into it with me but they they were supportive of my uh passion you know nice yeah it's funny. I'm uh, going the opposite direction with my mom now. My mom, my mom and dad, they they're always up to date on the podcast. It's funny to think about my parents listening to this. Hi, mom and dad. Like my parents used to get me stacks of CDs for Christmas. Like that was all I wanted. Like for for quite a while, and just a whole lot of punk rock stuff. And and they might be giants in there too. But now my mom. Um, she still likes the CDs, and now that she's listening to the podcast, she's she's getting more into They Might Be Giants than even when I was, you know, living with them. And so for for her birthday, I bought her uh, Lincoln, Mink Car, and um, oh, what was the third one about her? I know she already had Apollo eighteen. She already, I don't know. She's so she's she's collecting the discography herself to play in her sewing room when she's working on stuff. <laughs> very nice so it's coming back around yeah, <laughs> yeah I was uh, definitely a, a punk kid too growing up um you know i hear you talk about no effects lag wagon um chicken <laughs> pickle aquabats lesson jake that was like my total jam growing up like i pretty All much right. had like I was I do I dove pretty deep into discography, so like I had pretty much you know all no effects, all Lagwagon, all of Skate and Pickle. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Parks, like the fact that you were able to have him on is like oh. so so amazing. Like um, that was pretty awesome. I should get him on again sometime. You really should. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love how he did the cover live from the hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That was an interesting one. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. If we, uh, so if we went to the same high school, we definitely would have hung out. You would have been that kid, you know, a couple, couple grades younger than us, but we would have invited you over to the, uh, (laughs) the punk Scott kids table. Yeah. I, my older friends, they all had punk bands and, um, you know, we all hung out together and I heard, even heard you mention Modest Mouse as being one of your favorites oh, yeah. back in the day. Like, I mean, they're from Issaquah, Washington, which, mm-hmm. you know, growing up around here, I got to see some pretty sh- like small shows of theirs, like 98, 99 back when oh, wow. they're still relatively obscure and yeah, pre-major um, label. That's uh Wow, I'm jealous of that. They, I have never seen them. They've, they've not been known for, for extensive touring anytime in the past uh, fifteen years, um, and the like. Yeah, like when they will sparsely like come through the area, it'll be like festivals and stuff, which is not like really what I want to see. But uh, I got to make a point to see him. I think no matter what, uh, you know, next time, whenever that. Maybe. Yeah. They're probably top five band for me, you know, because I like to rank things. They probably <laughs> be in the top five. They probably be in the top five. Yeah. Anywho. Um, yeah. So by the time uh, we got to the Spine era, you were firmly entrenched in the They Might Be Giants fandom. Yeah. So did you get, uh, did you purchase the Spine Surf Alone when it was a new EP? Okay, so funny story about that one, actually. So um, I actually bought it at my very first They Might Be Giant show. Um, I got to see them in 2005 in San Diego, actually, is where I was going to college. And I swear, when I went up to that stand after the show, I asked to buy the spine. And they gave me the spine surf alone. And I was so confused what this CD was that they gave me when I got home with it. Because I'm like, okay, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, bouncy, like, you know, low-key, I met a guy at the show. And I was like, (laughs) we exchanged numbers and actually dated for a little bit post the show. So I wasn't in like the best state of mind when I went up and bought this, but I really wanted the CD. I I, I love the sh- the spine, especially seeing it like first time as being a live experience. And a lot of those songs I know you say are like, you know, pop beep sort yeah. of, but they yeah. play really well to a live show. You know, there are a lot of like really good fun dancing around, like getting out the energy and just having good times. So, Definitely. Definitely. But did they play Stock of Wheat? Do you remember? (laughs) Ooh, I was, honestly, I was just about to try to look up their show and see the set list. I don't know if they did, actually. I know that's a favorite of yours, but. It's it's a tougher one. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I mean, you gotta love experimental film. I love so many songs off that album. It's like every time we get to like a spine or a spine related song, get into it. But it's like I think it's starting off with like I don't think I gave the spine too much crap when on the Museum of was Museum of Idiots the first spine song episode. Um, I don't know, but it's just like I gave Memo to Human Resources a pretty low score, and then after that, that's when people started giving me guff. Uh, and yeah, I you know. There, there are a ton of bangers, and and yeah, I agree. Like those songs, 
You're starting to come around. You're starting to come around now. <laughs> they, they they are great songs to see live for sure because they. I mean, it's their most like straight up rock album, and that's not bad. It's just like when Stock of Wheat comes on, I'm like, yeah, give me that weird stuff. That's uh, it's what I crave, you know. And I was thinking about just like there. This was you know they've had so many. I mean, they're prolific just in general, but they've had these little like pockets of like time in their career where this was just like churning out shit in 2004 i mean they came out with two eps and an lp and so it always gets me thinking like oh man the spine if it had you know am i awake on it and if it had skullivan on it i mean just like really get more of these kind of different ones in there oh that is my main thesis statement of coming on here so i wanted to ask you if they had released the spine and the spine search alone to Together. I mean, those two were released on the sa- exact same day. It was the very first time they released two albums on the same day. And they were both pretty short in their own existence. It, it's almost just baffling that they didn't just put them together because the Spine yeah. Search alone really had all of the really just artsy, all-involved skull of it is just completely out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely one of their more I mean you're talking like on almost like rabbit child like level of weirdness that's the Uh, stuff I crave in between the pop goodness right so if they had just stuck like the spine search alone amongst the rest of the spine I feel like it would have been more cohesive for you but that's just yeah. in my opinion of listening to them it's like why couldn't they just put them together I mean the spine search alone clocks in at 11 minutes in some odd seconds so it's not a <laughs> it's not a long um cd to have purchased back in the day it's it's a lot easier to digest on spotify but as a, a C, standalone cd alone to like be that cd that takes up your cd player and plays 11 minutes of just oddball <laughs> music it was definitely one of the weirder they might be giants albums just as entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, you know, I'm not sure about recording dates, but I mean, Indestructible Object, yeah, came before The Spine, but it was also in 2004. Um, I don't know if those were recorded in a different session. I mean, it definitely seems like The Spine and The Spine Surfs Alone were all kind of recorded together. And I mean, uh, you know, according to Marty, the uh, Here Come the ABC's stuff was also recorded all at that that same time just like again these periods of productivity it's just like unbelievable how many songs they can churn out in 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 one calendar year uh doing it again you know 2015 and 2018 being two other big big years for them um but like i want to hear yeah i mean they've had they've had albums with so many tracks on them i really don't see why they couldn't have just made it a longer album but I mean, it goes to I guess the, I guess the the point that um, Sean Patrick Cook made on the wearing a raincoat episode um, that you know the spine being more straightforward was a deliberate choice. So maybe then that's why they had two other EPs where they're like, all right, we'll put this Beach Boys cover on this one and this like dancey, you know, glitchy electronic song on the indestructible object. We'll put. Skullivan and the song sung by the space hog guy on uh, this other EP and keep, you know, the spine, the album just, you know, as this 
cohesive thing. And you say cohesive, I think what I'm looking for is less cohesive. <laughs> but his point was that, you know, the spine is super cohesive. And, and for a lot of people, that's um, a good thing. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Indestructible Object EP? Um, I didn't actually own that one. I've listened to it, I think, on download. But, I mean, it had, I know, a couple of the songs that were on the spine. And... Yeah, it was like the preview. Yeah, I mean, it must have been recorded at the same time. If it was, how? Yeah, they, that must have been a really long studio session, um, because yeah, the memo and Au Contraire uh, are completely—they're exactly the same versions as the ones that ended up on the spine. So yeah, it's um, a little uh, spine preview. Um, so then there were only three songs left over. Those could have definitely ended up on the spine. I don't know. Just, uh, you know, forget that EP, let it get swallowed up by the spine. And, uh, uh, you know, if there can be a man it's so loud in here, I'm in car, why can there be a uh, am I awake on the spine? I don't know. But, yeah, I guess we'll throw off the cohesiveness. God forbid. <laughs> am I awake? I like the spine. <laughs> the, uh, the Are They Lost, right? That compilation? Uh, what? Sorry, I missed the first part of that. Oh, sorry. They got lost. What about it? Um, am I awake? That was on that, right? Did it get stuck on? They got lost. I think it's only been on. I think it's only on indestructible object. Oh, you're right. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess where I heard that was mostly on the clock radio. Then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Clock <laughs> radio. Back in the day. <laughs> they might be giants invented Pandora. They should have. Uh, they invented the uh, Pandora station for themselves. Um, internet radio. They should have uh, patented that idea. Yeah. So um, you accidentally got the spine surfs alone. And, you know, I mean, the, the venues are loud. You know, you could have been like, can I get the spine, please? And he's like, you want the spine surfs? Okay, here you go. <laughs> Yes, very likely that's what happened. And maybe it was a good fluke. I mean, I really did like, I mean, Fun Assassin was my favorite song off the album. Um, although I really like a few, like Now is Strange is also, it, it was a really toss up between mm. Now is Strange and Fun Assassin on which song I wanted to do on the, the show. Um, and it was really hard because when I go to the wiki on Now is Strange is actually rated number like, 49 on the wiki which oh really yeah for being a completely just one and done almost feeling song to be that high rated on the wiki was like well people like this song more should i do that one but then like well i really like fun assassin more so i'm just gonna go yeah. ahead and do that one it's Although, your episode i will say even though i've been a they might be giants fan over 20 years i always thought it was flan singing it i you know didn't it's, it's, know it's, that it was another <laughs> singer <laughs> it really sounds like it could be him and it's definitely a flan song and we should we should play the um the early live version in a second here but i think yeah, when i was listening to it again for the episode because I, I i didn't realize that either until um <laughs> Because I, I never, I own Indestructible Object on CD. I never own Spine Surf Alone on CD. So I really didn't give it good lessons until, I mean, streaming, you know, honestly. And um, 
And yeah, I just thought it was Flans too, just you know, flying by a two minute song in the track list. Uh, but when I was listening to it more carefully than you know, a couple a month ago or whenever you you got signed up for this, um, I was like, does this guy sound a little British? And turns out it is a British guy, <laughs> Johnny Craig from Space Hog. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we should uh, listen to this live version. Mr. John Ulyss just today hooked me up with a live version that I did not know existed. They've only played it twice live. And we've got Flan singing it in, um, let's see, this is. Uh, so this is one of the two performances on the wiki then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it even says, it says that the two performances were on the same day. I don't know if it was one of these. Shows where there was an early set and a late set, or what? But uh, September twenty eighth, two thousand three, at Joe's Pub. So this was uh, in in New York. So this is nine months before uh, the Spine and the Spine Surfs Alone came out. So while there's no demo to this song, and again, I don't know recording dates, but this almost this live version will almost act like the demo because uh, it is way different. You can see how they mutated it into the version on Spine Surf Sloan. Um, but let's go ahead and listen to uh, Flansy singing it and check out this uh, this this version here, this early version. This next song is this next song is a brand new song. As I was saying, as I was introducing the, introducing it just a couple of songs back, and. Uh, it's called Fun Assassin, and this, this is how it goes. To you, like a magnet to a flame, like a mirror in the dark, and we're on to a bad start. But yeah, what, so what did you think about this uh, this version? I thought it was amazing. I <laughs> wish they would bring this back. As it, I loved Flansburg on it, and it was so. I don't. It was slower and just more. Well, I guess accordion obviously was a big change up. Like mm-hmm. having Linnell on the accordion versus Glockenspiel. <laughs> But it says that the, I mean, the wiki, according to the wiki, it says there's a, a tuba in there, but it's kind of, I mean, there's, there's accordion bass 
the accordion bass buttons um, have that kind of honking sound. I, I'm debating whether there's actually tuba in there because them, you know, in New York, it is possible that they wrangled up some horn friends, local friends. You know, they more often will have full horn sections at New York shows than anywhere else. Um, so they're, they're, could be a tuba up there, in which case I hope they did a uh, stock of wheat too. Uh, <laughs> but to me, it just sounds like accordion bass with Weinkoff's bass guitar underneath. I don't know. Are you hearing tuba? Not sure. Maybe I have to hear back on what you're hearing there for the tuba, but I'm not the music teacher, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were a band kid. We didn't have tuba, though. We weren't that big of a band, I guess. And I didn't go you into You had no in tubas? Oh. I didn't go into in high school. It was like a junior high band. Ah, okay. I was too cool for that in high school. <laughs> I mean, don't you think if there was tuba, you'd be like, whoa, there's tuba in this? Oh, yeah. I think there'd be like, right. whoa, there's tuba in it if I heard that there's tuba in it. But I can't quite confirm or deny. Um yeah, I, I was preparing for this a little bit, you know, on the fly. It gave me like last minute. <laughs> oh, I know it was last minute for me too. That's why I'm, uh, I'm like, what do you think? I don't know. Um, I just assumed after some googling that uh, this uh, did not exist, but of course, exactly. Every they might be giants thing that has been recorded is on John Ulysses hard drive somewhere. <laughs> I didn't know this was ever going to find the light of day. This was pretty amazing fine, honestly. Like, um, I'm going to have to go yeah. back and probably listen to it 20 more times now. <laughs> yeah. So another thing that's interesting about it, not only is it slower, it's also lower. Uh, it is in a different key. And I had an inkling of that. I don't have perfect pitch. I have decent relative pitch. But when I was listening to it, I'm like, man, Flans is like, he's almost having trouble hitting some of the lower notes in the melody. Um, which again, it's live and all that. So you're not expecting perfection, but then I went and looked at the, um, the guitar tab and it's in the key of C while the live version is in the key of G. So taking it down quite a bit, taking it down a fourth. And not only that, the verses, which just sound like way more evil. And I'm like, maybe it's just cause it's like so sparse and just get the low accordion and all this. The chord progression in the verse is completely different. So while the song's in G, uh, um, the verse starts on B. No, that's not it. What is it? So it sounds all, you know, plodding and uh, creepy. And then it kicks into the chorus. And then the chorus, yeah, which um, starts on F on the studio version, starts on starts on C on the live version. It's in the key of G, but the, the chorus starts on C, so a lower C. So it's, it's lower, low, low and slow, just like a good barbecue. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I was usually you record stuff for an album quite a bit ahead of time, especially like people do rush release stuff these days with all digital and all that. But when you're pressing stuff for CD, I would think that even even nine months ahead of time that they might have already recorded it. But why would they like they're coming just out of the studio and they wrote this new song and recorded it and then 
instantly before no one's ever heard it before play it completely different doesn't that seem weird it is really weird yeah, so it was that's unexpected why I'm, for being you know only so much time passed and it went from this low slow version to a really more i mean it was like the poppiest most energized song on the ep so yeah yeah so if in nine months if they hadn't already recorded it they would have had to gone into the studio pretty shortly after that so i don't know maybe after those two shows uh they played at those two shows they're like i don't know you know there's something to the song i'm not quite feeling it let's uh let's screw with it and uh and then we got the version on the the ep different key different tempo different feel um but yeah the melody and the lyrics for the most part are the same i know i heard him say look me in the eye and sigh instead of what became look me in the eye and lie there might be a couple other things but uh, i don't know if you noticed anything else different with the lyrics nothing glaringly different no just a little bit i think something with where did they bury the time maybe but um it was very similar Mm-hmm. yeah but still, but still, awesome. So yeah, they they never played it after the Spine Surfs Alone was released. Nope, it was an elusive song until now. I guess we're bringing it back. Yeah, <laughs> we're resurrecting it. We're get, we got some covers going by request, so uh, the song will be getting back out there in the ears of the fandom. Yeah, let's uh, let's demand it when when tours start back up. Let's demand Fun Assassin because <laughs> we know they like fun. So those Fun Assassins, you know, it's like the the protagonist and the antagonist there. Kind of a fun origin, really. I mean, they kind of kept with that fun theme going for quite a while now. So um, <laughs> fun and skulls. Fun and skulls. <laughs> skulls are fun. And death. <laughs> I mean, assassins bring death, so you got both going on there for you. <laughs> yeah, the the mashup album will be the I like skulls, <laughs> or, or I like spines. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> They've definitely got their themes, uh, but when you write that many songs, I mean, you, you got your your wells that you dip into every so often. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk uh, more about the uh, the EP version and transitioning to that a little space hog talk. What did you know about space hogs? We got Johnny Craig singing this song, the drummer of Space Hog. Were you all that familiar with Space Hog in the nineties? Uh, incre- I, I do know that song. In the meantime, um, I mean, I was an MTV kid, and I definitely remember like hearing that song. 120 minutes maybe or it was one of those songs that were definitely like it, it was an earworm so yeah was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i will drop a little bit of that in 90s kids will recognize this
cool, uh, fun, solidly 90s video as well. It's from 95. Sure. Yeah. But besides that, I know really nothing about Space Hog. It was kind of a, a drop on me when I was like, who is this that's actually singing the song? But yeah. doing a little the the, the digger, the, the, the deep, deeper digging, and with the whole XTC album, um, cover yeah, album. Yeah, cover's tribute, yeah. That, that Johnny did, as well as They Might Be Giants doing... Um, which I didn't realize was a cover. I had 25 o'clock via a Napster download from like way back in the day. Uh, uh-huh. And so I knew of the song, but didn't know it was XTC and didn't know, um, you know, the connection there. But, you know, seeing that they're, you know, somewhat, you know, five degrees separated or two degrees even that um, I don't know what other connection there is between, Space Hog, they might be giants. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, from what I can tell, they haven't played shows together or collaborated on anything else. But yeah, this uh, the a testimonial dinner. The songs of XTC came out in '95, which was when Space Hog was, you know, towards the peak of their popularity. Um, and yeah, so they might be giants, like you said, did 25 o'clock, uh, by XTC, and then Space Hog did Senses Working Overtime, which, uh, Johnny Craig, who is the drummer, not the singer, um, their bass player, um, uh, Royston Langdon is the lead singer. Um, but Johnny Craig took lead. Maybe he's the biggest XTC fan of the group took lead on uh, senses working overtime by XTC. So I'm going to drop a little bit of that in. Senses working Any thoughts on their cover of Census Working Overtime? Did you check that out? That was the first time I had heard it. Um, honestly, not a really big XTC fan. I pretty much know them versus Adam Ant. But other than that... <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get to that? I mean, that was only two episodes ago as of this taping. Did you hear that? No, uh, I haven't the gotten episode? to that episode yet. No, I, I'm still a few behind, but... Um, Shelly Pierce is she's huge on XTC, so there's there's some schooling for people in there on uh, both those groups on the XTC versus Adamant episode. That's awesome. You know, and and it's funny the the song "Fun Assassin" honestly sounds like it could be an XTC song. It's got that because XTC was, I mean, they were solidly an '80s band. At least they started in the late '70s, but they were solidly an '80s band. But they were channeling, I mean, just like they say in the song, Beatles-based pop. You know, I mean, they were a power pop, twinkly, retro-leaning kind of uh, rock band. And Fun Assassin, it it sounds like it could be an XTC song, which is a good thing. It's just, uh, you know, kind of light and breezy and catchy as hell. So what do you, so you thought it was Flans. I did. Up until, up until... After you requested it or before you... When did you realize it was not Flans? After I requested it, I'm like, okay, I requested <laughs> it. And then I went up to the wiki. I'm like, okay, I should learn about the song before I talk about it. They're like, 
holy shit, it's not even planned. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, was, it was an internal struggle of like, you know, how, how, I didn't even know this. And it was a song I requested, but. Um, it's well, you know, I, you know. <laughs> You learn stuff through this podcast and uh, I do as well. And that's, you know, that's one of my favorite parts of doing this is that, um, you know, I've listened to, I I still discover songs on occasion because there's just so many deep, deep cuts, but I've heard for the most part, all of their songs, but I haven't gone to each one and like really dug into it. Like, you know, doing it on these, these episodes really uh, gives you new appreciation for all these songs and uh i'm on a weird kind of uh streak lately of doing songs that they might be giant songs that aren't sung by the johns in december put out uh the boat of car episode which is not a john uh the episode i think that will be coming out shortly before this one is oh do not forsake me which is not sung by the johns and then we've got Fun Assassin, not sung by the Johns. <laughs> I don't know how these all these all came together in a little cluster here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you thought it was Flan. So you, do you like, does that mean you like Johnny Craig's uh, take on the vocals here? I suppose so. He does a really good job of it. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely... You know, growing when I was younger, I would definitely say Linnell was my favorite. But now, as I've gotten older, I've really tended towards the Flan side. So, mm. um, I think something about you know the more, I guess, artsy way that he does things mm-hmm. um, has gotten to me. But I'm still just. I, I thought it was like a duet between him and Robin. So I thought it was right. like some, some cute little, you know, rom- non-romantic little ditty that they're doing. And then I realized that it's not even that at all. And it takes on a whole different meaning in some ways, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The lyrics. Robin Goldwasser, uh, knocking out the harmonies it's harmonized throughout like the entire song and she sounds great and um i guess having having harmony the whole way through i mean that's not something that the they might be giants you know they 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 love their harmonies but like straight up harmonizing through a whole song is not something that you usually hear so that will kind of mask the you know it's not johnny craig just like by himself he's got robin over top of him the whole time so that's like you know not realizing it's someone else. I think that, you know, we can let ourselves off the hook on that one a little bit, uh, since there's two voices going the whole time. But, uh, it makes me wonder if, uh, Flans did lay down a vocal and I was like, you know what? I think it could be better. Let's see who we got in the old Rolodex. (laughs) Right. Who knows if the Johns would come on, they could tell us these things, but they probably won't. (laughs) We don't like that fan stuff. Our fans are weird and we know it. (laughs) (laughs) They're not wrong. (laughs) But yeah, the rest of the lineup, I mean, Flansburg is on there playing the acoustic guitar part. Uh, Linnell and the glockenspiel and the chaos pad, um, which sounds a lot like a theremin. It would have been cool if it was a straight up theremin, but uh, you've seen him use that chaos pad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I have something similar. Like, I like to find... It's like, Can we hear it? 
Um, Come on, fire that up. What is yours called? What is that? What brand? The cord pad. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to send you something later, maybe, possibly. Okay. All right. Yeah. A little, little touchpad here for, you know, I, you know, I forget that some people may not have listened to every episode of this podcast, <laughs> but yeah, the chaos pad, K-A-O-S-S, a little touchpad that you can make weird kind of spacey sounds on. And uh, I, I love that in the bridge. There's no proper key. There's no proper keyboard in this. I was thinking that Chaos Pad was maybe a synth or a uh, theremin, but yeah, no, no, no proper keys. Just Glocks and uh, Chaos Pad. Yeah, and I then Marty, Dan, and Danny. Keys as well. And then I thought it was, I thought it was bells, but through your podcast, I learned that it was a Glockenspiel. So, <laughs> I mean, you'll hear them called orchestra bells. Thank you so much. I've heard little things of uh, musical knowledge and stuff from your podcast i guess <laughs> awesome <laughs> i do what i can I, I don't get everything right but i'm i'm probably more likely to get uh like pick an instrument out you know while listening than i am of pulling some they might be giants fact out of my brain though i'm uh you know i like to think i'm okay at that too uh, but yeah, that, that chaos pad is pretty cool, and I think he he picked it up sometime around you know the early aughts because you see it come into uh, it's in like the robot parade uh, little in studio thing they did for the DVD of No, um, and I think yeah around these these first couple of years of having that he was putting it all over the place. <laughs> I think it may have been on the the Wicked Little Critter, like the live version um, that he was like playing oh, yeah. with on the side. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it was a version that you used as well. Oh yeah, he definitely still uses it live. I just feel like we haven't heard it on a studio recording no, in a while. Maybe not. He loves to screw with it live. That's that's definitely fun. Um, yeah, the oh yeah, that wicked little creative version that was on that like tech TV TV yeah, show tech appearance TV. or something. <laughs> that I love when they they mix shit up live, and again with this one, that weird live version that then became the super sunny poppy uh, EP version. Uh, before we get into the lyrics, we're talking about musical elements here. What are your favorite things about the? Uh, musical elements of fun assassin really I, I mean i think it's a glockenspiel honestly that really just grabs me from that very first you know ding note and it just like yeah. you know and it's very upbeat temple um um i mean for me i think i i, I really groove on the upbeat tempo songs like i like something that kind of I can dance to and me not knowing better, knowing that, you know, this is the spine surf alone and not the spine. It was really just like, to me, it was the, the banger of the, yeah. of the CD of just like being like a fun song that it's that classic fun, poppy sounding. They might be giants, but darker, more sinister lyrics and, um, you know, very, they might be giant esque themes going on. <laughs> with you know, it's, it's it's a very, very they might be giants they might be giants song. It's it's very sarcastic, I guess, in a way. It's just like oh, fun assassin, and you know, 
you don't know one of those kinds of people. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into those lyrics then. Yeah, the, the, it's such a sunny sounding song, and it's called Fun Assassin. It's it's great. I was telling my wife about it. I was recording this. She wasn't as familiar with this one, and I was calling my dog the Fun Assassin <laughs> because Leela is just such a pain in the ass. <laughs> You know, we're like having a fun time uh, dancing around inside, you know, if like we're dancing with Zinnia or whatever, Leela just cannot handle it and just starts like barking and jumping on us. <laughs> she is the fun assassin. <laughs> do you know any fun assassins? Who do you think of when you uh, hear this song? <laughs> um, well, I mean, a little bit, I kind of associate it with that boyfriend I had at the time that I met during that spine show uh-huh. um, he was a great guy I guess at the time but he I also <laughs> dumped me on, well he dumped me on Valentine's Day what kind of a guy dumps someone on Valentine's Day a real jerk so he was kind of the fun assassin in my head to me at that time but it's like, wow, Mr. Buzzkill over here. He waited till after dinner till when he took me out for coffee. And he's very lucky I was polite. And I mean, hot coffee could have gone a very wrong way in one of those situations. (laughs) Hey, uh, you ever heard the song, Am I Awake? Well, this coffee ain't cold, baby. Splash! <laughs> <laughs> I have not, but... <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was just a very associated with that time. Um, you know, I was in college, and it was, a, it was a fun time, and it was in San Diego, so it was very sunny. Like you said, it was a sunny, lighthearted kind of song. It just kind of fit with the time of my life that it was in, and... You know, it always kind of just brings me back, but gosh, so long ago now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 2021, we're in it. I mean, we're into this new decade. Looking back on, yeah, because I started college in 99, and it just seems so fucking long ago now. When I think about stuff like historically, going back decades like i'm always thinking about it in musical terms so you think about like the 50s you're thinking about like oh the birth of rock and roll you know you're thinking like about all these great uh blues artists and then you know elvis and bill haley and the comets and buddy holly all coming along and popularizing that style of rock and roll and then you know that's the 50s and then if you go into the 70s like just how much music had changed by then uh, that tw- 20 years there, you know, you're getting into, you know, heavy metal had been invented. Uh, disco was coming along. Punk rock was coming along. And I feel like in the last 20 years, not that much has changed, but maybe people looking back on this would be like, man, the 2020s, things were so different than the, the aughts or whatever. I don't know. I remember growing up in the 90s and the 70s felt like it was so long ago. And now just like in comparison to, you know, the kids that you're teaching now today, thinking of that as the 90s is pretty mind blowing. (laughs) I know I got the kids I'm teaching now that were born in, you know, 
2015. <laughs> you know, like my kindergartners and stuff. It's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. And most of their parents are younger than me. But I, wait, I waited a long time to have kids. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, crazy. So these lyrics are great. It, in, in the um, wiki, the, the very first line of Fun Assassin, You to Me, it mentions in the wiki this song um, that they've covered a 60s, speaking of old-time rock and roll, a 60s song, uh, Concrete and Clay, that was performed by the band um, oh, what are they called? Unit 4 Plus 2, who I had never even heard of before. Mm-mm. That song, they did Concrete and Clay, starts with the line, uh, You to Me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a pull from that or not. I, I think it seems kind of kind of a flimsy connection because it's just like you you to yeah. me. I don't know. That's like there's that's not super distinctive line. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I was I read that and I wasn't really feeling that connection either. And I know that the cover of theirs just because it was really prominent on that TMBG radio. Um I remember mm-hmm. hearing it all the time listening to that. Um, but I think that's even less obscure than the closing time. I just listened to that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and trying to, you know, correlate those lyrics. I, I just, I don't see, I th- but you know, I feel like they might be giant Wikians are very creative and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the references that they can pull and interpretations of whatever they fear feeling on songs. So, Although I haven't really read the interpretations of this song, um, been trying to kind of keep my own opinion separated from yeah the yeah. masses. <laughs> <laughs> we could take a peek at them after we're done talking, if you want. Um, after we have our interpretations, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it maybe it is. We we like us fans like drawing connections wherever we can and trying trying to make sense of this band that so much is so often does not seem to make a whole lot of sense uh so it's definitely possible i mean they covered it in 2001 uh and then you know this was just a few years later so who knows but um i do love i mean what i love is the second line like a magnet to a flame instead of the the old uh like a moth to a flame (laughs) got a magnet to, to a flame uh that I don't know. <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite line from the song, that one just right off the bat, it's like like a magnet to a flame. You hear it and you're like, yeah, wait a minute. That's not the, that's not how it goes. Those don't attract to each other, I guess. <laughs> the magnet is not attracted to a flame, and the flame does not attract the magnet, um, like a moth. Um, and, and likewise, then, the second line, or the third line, being like a mirror in the dark, I mean, a mirror in the dark is completely useless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And we're off to a bad start again. Right. It's a perfect first stanza, honestly. Um, And then kind of going along with the summary feel, it fits a little more than the the live early version. Got uh, some summary lyrics in the second one. The dawn begins. This is what the summer became. Only strangers walking down from the beach. Then where did we bury the times? Kind of like nostalgic feeling for summertime. It makes me think that this, I mean, the song's got to be about an ex, right? I mean, when you're thinking about a fun assassin, it could be 
literally anybody you know who is like a bring down wet blanket type but that that little that uh, pretty much that alone that little second stanza makes me think it's a previous romantic interest right and i guess that's where it kind of ties into my ex encounter especially being in san diego and a lot of time was spent on the beach um you know it it does very tie into you know the the time lost basically in that relationship because it wasn't Mm. going anywhere Um, so how long did you date gosh um I think it wasn't very long. It was, I had to look back. It was maybe three months, honestly. It was, it was when you're long in, in college yeah. day terms. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> when you look back, I was like, oh, it really wasn't that big a deal. But it was fun at the time. Yeah. When you're younger, that stuff really, I mean, really hits you hard. The romances and the and the breakups and yeah, stuff tends to burn out quickly. But it really it it does it does stick with you those early relationships. Um, but yeah, strangers walking down from the beach. It it does seem like it's a like that was like they were about to break up, right? They're like trying to still make that connection. They're walking on the beach, but we feel like strangers. And where did we bury the time? We don't really know each other, and. Um... Honestly, what you want is not what I want. <laughs> and then, and then it gets a little less uh, uh, vague with <laughs> fun assassin killing fun for kicks. Stab me in the front. Tell me that I'm jinxed. <laughs> a lot of really visuals to that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> assassin is such a strong word. And 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 before we forget, I know you were talking about like we need to have a Simpsons. There needs to be some Simpsons content in this episode. And when you mentioned that, I don't know why I pulled from all the way from back from second season. I'm surprised I, I dug back that far because, I mean, that's not my favorite season of The Simpsons. But the Assassins tennis shoes <laughs> that Flanders has. So <laughs> I'm going to play this clip uh, of uh, The Assassins. Well, howdy do, Simpson. Getting a little exercise, huh? Good for you, pal. <laughs> oh, look at this old rascal. He's a wet old baby boy, isn't he? Isn't he? You're just a water monster. Well, well, Mr. Universe takes a walk. Ha-ha. <laughs> oh, Mr. Universe, I wish. <laughs> look at that get up, heavy hands. Ankle weights, that's cute. And... <gasps> Wet assassin! Oh, you betcha. Uh, you know, they got the Velcro straps, a water Ooh. pump in the tongue, built-in Whoa. pedometer, reflective <gasps> sidewalls, and Whoa. little vanity license plates. Ooh, ooh. How much, how much, how much? Well, you know, they're not giving them away. <laughs> but sometimes you've just got to spoil yourself. Yeah. Oop, my heart rate's dropping. Better skedaddly do. Vanity license plates on the shoes. That's hilarious that you found that and remembered. Because I mean, I thought I was a Simpsons fan, and you finding that was just gold. Um, Assassins, and then uh, Santa's little helper rips them up. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I guess Santa's little helper is this Assassin's assassin. Right. <laughs> and for Homer, I think Ned would often be the the fun assassin. Though Ned is completely oblivious to it. Uh, 
I feel like in that episode they used a little thought bubble for Homer Simpson at one point, and it's just ho- Flanders repeating himself. Sometimes you just got to spoil yourself. Yeah. Spoil yourself. Spoil yourself. Spoil yourself. <laughs> oh, man. It makes me want to go back and watch those those first two. I feel like, you know, you get, you know, you remember those, those prime seasons so well. And then you think back to, like, the first season. You're like, babysitter bandit. That stuff That stuff wasn't funny. But I, I feel like I need to go back and and really watch it from from the beginning. You know, it's nice to see that that growth. But anyway, yeah, Simpsons, obviously, as a Simpson, we sat down as a family and watched the first episode. Um, what was it called? Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire? Something like that. The Christmas episode where they get Santa's Little Helper is the first episode. We sat down as a family, and the only time we were allowed to eat in front of the TV was Sunday nights. The Simpsons would uh, watch The Simpsons and uh, eat in front of the TV. It was special. So, yeah, Simpsons have been a big part of my life for... Since since I was as old as Bart, I was in fourth grade when it came on. So yeah, assassins. <laughs> so anyway, back to back to business. I had to make sure we didn't forget that. Um, yeah, the stab me in the front. Tell me that I'm jinxed. So I think it's it, this person is blaming them for the breakup. Maybe right? You're jinxed. You jinxed this relationship. I don't know. Right. right? Even though they're the one that stabbed stabbed him in the front. <laughs> Lost in space, waiting for a bus from this place. And when I get there, I'll just fold up my map, drop it, and never look back. Hmm. What a dated reference. <laughs> what, Lost in space? <laughs> Lost in space or folding up a map. <laughs> what? Do people use maps still? <laughs> Oh, okay. It's just references to maps. I thought it was something more specific you were saying. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Leaving back to severe tire damage. The, uh, no, the, I just felt like uh, That's it was not the map. Easy... That's the fast food wrapper. <laughs> no, I, I felt like it was more one of the more direct, I guess, um, versus just kind of just being like, you're traveling through this relationship and you don't really know where you're going in it. So you're just going to kind of drop this whole thing and just you're never going to look back because mm-hmm. you're just kind of drifting around for a little while and um, mm-hmm. kind don't of need the map because you don't want to go back there right I do like how this song like it has a chorus in the fun assassin part but uh, but then the words change every time uh, which makes it harder to sing along to but uh, you got a lot of interesting phrases in here that hijack the parade, suck out all the air, polish up the cage. <laughs> right. All, all fun fun visuals of, you know, parade balloons and just going crazy on them and ruining everybody's fun, popping yeah. balloons. <laughs> polish up the cage. There's really just a lot of, Again, going back to youthful relationships, just these really strong statements. You're like, okay, you got broken up with. Calling someone a fun assassin is pretty, pretty strong. And saying, you know, they're they're putting you in the cage. They're stabbing you in the front. Treat me like I'm stone. <laughs> I Very, think that was one of the lyrics yeah. that I always thought it was treat me like I'm stoned. Stoned. Like <laughs> being like a, a pot reference and yeah. 
especially kind of going with the theme of the spine and it seemed like a few of the, the spine themed have spine songs have more adult themes of maybe edging on drugs i, I know they 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 very firmly tout that they don't do anything other than caffeine but <laughs> but there's always these references that make you think you know maybe they know a little bit more um my husband always likes WLSD. <laughs> in, in the it's like, yeah. come on, it's WLSD. <laughs> I mean, they've been in the rock world for so long. You know, I'm a guy that has never done drugs or, or drank or anything, but hanging out, being in rock bands with people who've done stuff, uh, playing shows and being, you know, backstage or after setup, hanging out with the other bands doing, you know, they're doing whatever. And I'm just like, I'm out of my element and I've never done it, but I can, you know, maybe talk about some of these experiences, but yeah, but yeah, not treat me like I'm stoned. Treat me like I'm stoned. Though, really, yeah. With, with they might be giant signs, you know, misinterpreting or mishearing the lyrics. It's like, you might mishear it and it's like, huh, that seems weird, but it's they might be giants. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. It could be weird. <laughs> with some other bands, you'd be like, that doesn't make sense. It must be something else. But with them, it could be literally anything. Uh, and then finally, we got the fun assassin pulling out my hair, smash out all the lights, kicking out my chair. Fun assassin, take off your disguise, look me in the eye, and lie. A great closing line. Short and sweet. Yeah. They get really to the point in it. Yeah, the physicality of this last one, pulling out my hair, smashing out the lights, kicking out my chair. Uh, nice, solid ending to this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a breakup song. <laughs> right. Right. And it just ties in with that whole time in my life, so it all makes sense. So why it all comes together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, like- I mean, you, you, so you, you met him at a They Might Be Giant show. So, I mean, and you bought this at the They Might Be Giant show. So, that's pretty solidly connected to that guy. Right. Hi, guy. If you're ever listening to this, you know who you are in San Diego. <laughs> Dox him. <laughs> Full name, pin no. number, social security number. <laughs> he was a Trump player. So. Oh no! We're you know? a bad, bad bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I will say he did give me a computer at that time, like an old desktop computer, because he had just gotten a laptop. And the two DVDs that were on the desktop were one, it was gigantic, and two, it was the Aristocrats. If you remember, oh. like the uh, comedy sketch, <laughs> yes, kind of going the horribly comedians. Blue. Yes, so, <laughs> it was a very fitting. Like that's the what I have to remember him by. Or was was <laughs> this show does have the explicit logo by? But I don't think we need to go into the whole aristocrats thing. <laughs> if you're interested, look it up. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Not the Aristocats, Aristocrats. Uh, <laughs> So I was just scrolling through the interpretations on here. I don't know if there's anything really we need to touch on because a lot of it is just like we said, talking about, you know, other other people liking it to, to if not necessarily a romantic relationship, but just someone that is no fun to be around. Right. Here we got something saying a party pooper. Party pooper. Gotta, gotta love that, uh, that word. Party I recently pooper. watched a pretty terrible movie, but it very 
it was after I requested the song, so it made me think about it. It was called The Festival, which was kind of a weird one. It hmm. was um, this dude gets dumped by his girl, and to make things better, he goes to some music festival here in England and has you know fun experiences at the music festival. But at the, for the most part, he's they call it's like you're such a Nick is what there was like throughout the movie because he was always just like the downer party pooper. And that was always the thing. It was like, you're such a Nick. And I'm just like, oh, he's like the fun assassin in that movie because he was just yeah. he was just I, ruining huh, yeah, everybody's fun that. time and just couldn't just loosen up and go with the flow of it all. Hmm. Is it a good movie? Is it worth seeing? Eh. No. Not really. <laughs> what I kept thinking of was uh, Rachel Dratch's character on SNL, Debbie Downer. Do you know? Do you remember Debbie Downer? I don't. Oh my god, <laughs> Debbie. J- <laughs> Pretty much, you know, it would be her in a group of friends, and they're all having a good time, or it's a party, or whatever. And then she has to bring up something like. Um, how Ebola is running rampant or something like she's just like, well, I just, and then it goes a close up on her and goes, wah, wah, and she's like, makes a little face. Pretty classic bit. I'll send you some links later. It's a, it's a solid, solid SNL recurring character, Debbie Downer. Rachel Dresch needs to get more props. She's uh, awesome. Should we move on to the cover section? Oh, we should. Yeah. So, as of two days ago, there was not going to be a cover section, <laughs> but uh, I took to Twitter and said, hey, everybody, recording Fun Assassin tomorrow. I guess I only gave people like, yeah, it was, it was about 24 hours. Uh, if anyone wants to kick out any a quick cover, send it my way. You will get on the episode. I'm telling you right now, you will be on the episode. And we have two, possibly three covers. Uh, Kai Pfeiffer, um, we'll see if he he gets his in. But the first one I got was from a Twitter follower, friend of Burbs, (laughs) at guitar underscore budgie. And friends of Burbs here, uh, she told me to just uh, credit her as Gabby. So Gabby sent over this cover just through um, Twitter. And I think by the time this episode posts, she said she's going to be putting it up on her YouTube channel, which is Guitar Budgie. Um, Budgie, B-U-D-G-I-E, as in, uh, it's another name for parakeet, right? A budgie? Is that right? I don't know. My sister, Ed Birds, I don't remember. Um, Guitar Budgie. And let's listen to Gabby's cover. You look to me like a magnet to flame, like a mirror in the dark, and we're off to a bad start again. Don't begin, this is what the summer became. Only strangers walking down from the beach Where did we bury the time? Fun assassin getting fun for kids Stab me in the front, tell me that I'm jinxed Fun assassin, take off your disguise Look me in the eye and lie Lost in space, waiting for 
from this place And when I get there I just fold up my map Drop it and never look back Fun assassin Hijack the parade Suck out all the air Polish up the cage Fun assassin Treat me like I'm stone Push me to the back And home What do you think? I thought it was great. I thought it was, you know, I mean, obviously it's very, you know, raw because it was done so, you know, last minute. But I really liked her interpretation, just, you know, going at it. And I, I liked her voice. Um, it was very nice. Has she done previous yeah. episodes at all? No. She, uh, I mean, yeah, I had to ask her name. I I. I've never played a cover of hers on an episode, um, but I would like to do more in the future, Gabby. So I like I like your style. This uh, this is the first I'd really, other than like some tweets and replies and stuff like that, that uh, we'd really interacted. So I'm definitely happy to bring her into the fold of the TMBP world because this cover rocks. It's got this uh, kind of um. I would I could probably reference a bunch of bands that nobody else would know, but it's this kind of um, there was this famous uh, compilation, or I guess not famous, but influential compilation called C eighty six, the C eighty six cassette um, that in the eighties that brought a bunch of these kind of what we'd call in America maybe twee, but like indie pop and kind of uh, noisy but poppy kind of bands to uh, to some prominence. Like another one of my favorite bands, Jesus and Mary Chain, was on there. Um, but it's the, the feeling of this cover. It has this uh, very poppy and kind of like almost like childlike quality to it, but it's still got this like rawness and fuzziness. So it's got this perfect blend that I love of – rough and sweet at the same time uh you've got clean guitars you got distorted guitars you got like drums it's gotta be like program drums it's like way in the back and then the heavily double tracked vocals uh it's just like everything about this i love yeah the double Um, vocals i think that's what got me um i liked her harmonizing with herself yeah um it made it sound really full for just being a solo cover you know going at it on her own yeah I, I i love it yeah and i love that i was just expecting someone to be like here's me playing it on acoustic guitar and i would have been perfectly happy with that but instead i got uh some really cool covers here and and guess who's messaging me right now kai pfeiffer <laughs> He is bouncing down his cover right now. So while we're waiting uh, for Kai's, let's listen to Daryl Tills. Daryl has the distinction of being the most played covers artist in the TMBP cover sections. And so he's got to just cling tightly to that to that <laughs> title by continuing to send me covers. And I love you, Daryl. Let's listen to uh, his version of Fun Assassin that he recorded today. (laughs) 
for the song on your request obviously um being kind of that deep cut it's really interesting to hear like other interpretations just hearing it you know straight piano style is really pretty it has like you know he got that intro glockenspiel-esque start to it off you know right away and but it Mm -hmm. was definitely a little bit was it a little bit more slowed down Maybe a little bit. And I mean, it's drumless too. So that also gives the feeling of it being just a little more chill. The drums are the heart of the band. <laughs> uh, Marty Beller, he's he's important. Um, yeah, but I, I do love that he multi-tracked it because uh, a lot of the stuff I've played of his, especially before I really had a proper introduction, was his YouTube videos from just way back. And it's just him on an upright piano with like, you know, whatever camera he had in, you know, 2010 or like 2008, I think some of these, yeah, I was pulling from YouTube, uh, to him just bashing it out on an upright. And so he's been on some real deep cut episodes already too. I mean, he even got on the last monopuff Patreon for, um, backstabbing liar, <laughs> fun assassin backstabbing liar we got the front the front stabbing liar and the backstabbing liar uh so <laughs> um but yeah here and daryl do some multi-tracking we got piano um the synth he even i mean we can get real specific here he even told me that it's an elisis synth that's about 25 years old and so we get that i think that's the one doing he said everything that's not piano so that's kind of the chiming glockenspiel type sound i don't think he was rocking an actual glock but it's very glockenspiel like and then the um there's the two different synth tones in the bridge i think i'll definitely play most of these covers just so people can i don't want to cut it off before the bridge um and yeah it's awesome and he harmonizes himself too he does a bit of the the robin robin's part um in his range and it's great and it's up on his soundcloud uh which is uh i think it's just soundcloud.com yeah soundcloud.com slash astral b and it's like 
be. <laughs> Daryl. Rules. Still waiting on Kai to send this. So to, to kill time while Kai Pfeiffer is sending over his uh, cover, we have not talked about the other thing that Daryl sent. Did you listen to that person claiming that uh, <laughs> Fun Assassin and I'm a Rock by Simon and Garfunkel are the same song? <laughs> no, they I they're the same song. Through the whole well, video. I, I, if, honestly, I didn't watch it. Sorry. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I mean, I'll play. There's there's a little bit of it where they do like a quick splice between the two, and it's really just the um, uh, the parts. Okay, hold on. I'm just gonna go ahead and re-listen to it too. Are you looking it up? Yeah. So yeah, I guess the part they're saying is similar as the um, stab me in the front, tell me that I'm jinxed, waiting for the, uh, yeah, suck out all the air, polish up the cage, any of those lines. But I mean, it's, it's just like a little five note melodic thing. And yeah, they happen to be in the same key. So I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I could hear just, just that little bit, but <laughs> there's the same song. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, everything pulls from older songs at some point when you're doing like simple melodies and things like that, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're playing in a standard key signature, it's like, you know, things are going to happen. I mean, honestly, what I was hearing more was uh, Flans pulling from one of his own melodies or just happened to like really have his own, uh, have this little lick in his head. Because since they're from the same era, Memo to Human Resources and this have a very, very similar uh, melodic contour on the um, look me in the eye and lie. I don't need advice. I'm down. Right. It's the exact same melody. Yeah. Push me to the back and moan. So the, the last line of every chorus there is the exact same notes and pretty much exact rhythm of... Uh, I don't need advice. I'm down from memo. Maybe that's why this one didn't end up on the spines. <laughs> he noticed. He's like, shit, memo and this one. Oh, there's a little similarity in the melody there. They, they cannot be on the same album. <laughs> one of those things I'm not going to be able to unhear now that I hear it. <laughs> Oops. Um, okay. So I just got a Dropbox link to Kai's cover coming in right at the wire and we can both listen to this for the first time together fun assassin parentheses for greg's dumb podcast thanks kai (laughs) kai pfeiffer another uh awesome patreon subscriber kai uh is i believe he is signed up for a song i can't remember off the top of my head right now but he will be on the show at some point and his covers have been on before i know his birdhouse cover which just got some props from someone else in the uh miscellaneous tea group that was on our uh we had a birdhouse cover special episode and i know that was on there yeah 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 so should we listen to it let's You 
was fucking awesome. That was so fun. <laughs> like, that was pretty, <laughs> pretty rocking uh, cover there. I'm messaging him in real time as I'm listening to this. I'm like, you really got my number, man. Punking it up. <laughs> Kicking up the tempo and the drum style. <laughs> it's so great. And I love how even at the beginning, the little, the glockenspiel part becomes a bass run. Like he does uh, that on the, the, the little melody at the beginning is on the bass. So he takes it from way up high to way down low. Well, that is interesting what do you think i really like the guitar in the second i think it was the second little part there it really just like boo, 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 came on and it was just like it was it was rocking it, it really shows like how much potential this song could have like in a new life um yeah this uh man we lucked out we got some some solid solid folks in the uh in the tmbp community here this you know Again, going from no covers to three that are all awesome but totally their own thing right you know, like pretty amazing that you just put that call out there and people and, and new people that you haven't even heard really coming into light and being able to really you know all three have a different interpretation take to it and they're all really great like yeah they are and I mean, there's there's something to a really well done just acoustic and voice cover, but me as a studio guy and Kai, a fellow studio guy, like just st- stacking the layers is the that's my favorite part. Is just you know, in this age of digital recording, taking full advantage of that and just just layering, just doing it all yourself and just layering it all on there. Because uh, yeah, usually for episodes, it's like if, if there's a song that has a lot of covers, it's like okay. There's six uh, dude with acoustic guitar covers. Which one's the best? And then I'm like having to sort through them. And here it's like, shit, there's no covers. Oh, but now there's three really awesome, all multi-tracked, all different styles. So, yeah, Gabby, Daryl, and Kai, thank you so much for uh, making the call, doing 24-hour covers, 24-hour turnaround covers. What service? I'll tell you. We've got some fine folks here. That ended up being a very awesome cover section. I think it's time to score this song. Oh, good. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about this a long time. Um, long, and, long and difficult. Um, I think I've got to go with a 6.9. <laughs> <laughs> real mature <laughs> that's me <laughs> so really that low it's not my I, oh, it, now that we've done the episode though it's like one of those things i had in my mind i wanted to give it a 6.9 right you know i think i listened but to this is to, why i never come up with my score until after now, the conversation now with the, the, the covers and talking about it and really like what it means to me I think I do have to change it now. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to allow this. Okay. I'm retracting <laughs> that. You know, I'm going to go 8.5. I mean, I think it's pretty solid. Um, I mean, 10 for 8. me. 8.5, jumping up. Yeah. 10 for me would be Dr. Worm and Experimental Film, honestly, would be a 10 for me. Um, mm-hmm. 
You know, I, I wouldn't put it quite as a nine, partly, I guess, just because it isn't a John. If we're doing the, uh, the, the, the live version, I think I would give more like a 9.2 or so with, yeah. with Flans singing it. And it was kind of more how I would have always wanted to see it live, I guess, if I could have had that chance to. Um, mm-hmm. it's more of, it would be more of a nine. 9.2, but I'm going to give it an 8.5 just because it isn't a John singing it. <laughs> okay, I'm fair not enough. sure what you did the other covers, so and I know you've got to be a lot harder on your rating system, but yes. Um, I mean, it, it's I mean, it's not a cover because they wrote it. They just passed off the lead vocal, right? Right. Um, I guess it's not a cover. <laughs> It's a it's a guest vocalist. You know, if it if it were a rap song or a pop song, it would say featuring. It would it would be Fun Assassin, FT, Johnny Craig. <laughs> right. Um Yeah, and if they had done that, then you would have known that it was the John. But uh I was deceived. I, right. <laughs> like an assassin. I like the EP version better than that live version just because it's it feels more fully formed and together and like it really just clicks more. I do like the kind of evil feel of the verses on that live one, but um I wouldn't mind hearing Flans singing on this exact version and just to, to hear what it would sound like, or for them to start bringing it back live and do it like this, like the EP version, either version really. But I'd like to hear the EP version with Flans doing it. Um but I think, you know, Johnny Craig does a good job. Robin sounds awesome. It's a very peppy song. It yeah, it is it is the banger off of uh Spine Surfs Alone, like you said. Uh it's not the weird one, but it is a solid it's a very it's a very spine song. This is a very pop rock era for them. They stuck some of that weird stuff on the EPs, but this one is this one would have fit in pretty well on the spine and been, you know, a banger even amongst that full length. I think um, mm, I'm going to go, let's see, referencing old scores, referencing. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go s- 7.8. Very respectful. Yes. Yes. 7.8. Mm-hmm. Solid. And it's definitely something I'm going to be listening to more now. It's one of those that... I'd heard and, you know, listen to those EPs and like, oh, stuff that I don't have physically, now I can stream it. Um, and it was in the mix, but now that, again, focused on it for this episode, got a brand new appreciation for it. And, and yeah, th- those covers, it's like, you know, hearing a good cover, I mean, oftentimes, yeah, hearing a good cover can get you into a band. Like, if someone heard Kai's cover of this song, and didn't know they might be giants. God forbid. And be like that's a really cool song. Kai would be like, oh, it's actually they might be giants song, and it could get someone into they might be giants. So a good cover can go a long way. And those three folks did give us good covers. Um, yeah, seven point eight. So in the plug section, is there anything you would like to plug or people places for people to find you on the onlines or anything like that? Um, I am Jean Harrell. I have a YouTube. Um. I, I have mostly, like, random shows of mostly, I would say, Jamgrass scene uh, music and Hula Hoop. Jamgrass. Um, so that's my other love. I, um, 
Keller Williams, uh, Leftover Salmon, Yonder Mountain String Band. I heard. Okay, so this would be like bluegrass influenced uh, jam band type stuff. I mean, right? Yeah. Okay. And I'd love to come back and talk to you more about it sometime. The best Kiss album, actually, other than They Might Be Giants, is done by a musician, his name by, by Keller Williams. And you, having kids, you should definitely check out his album um, called okay. Kids, uh, actually. Okay. And, um, but I have, like, a lot of hula hooping videos between YouTube and also on my Instagram. Um, hula hooping. Are the hula hoops ever on fire? I love fire. I have. I saw someone do that once. I have LED light up hoops, but um, I've been burned by fire enough times to know I don't really want to play with fire anymore. Fire bad. (laughs) So wait, did you say the YouTube channel yet? What is it? Um, just my name, Jean Rebecca Harrell, and Instagram. I am grateful butterfly with a B U T T A fly butterfly. Yeah, my biggest video is a how to hula hoop for curvier individuals, and I've at almost eight thousand views at this point. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, my second is a cover of uh, TLC Waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that a group of uh, female musicians did together. So it's a pretty good nice. cover there. That was my sister's jam back in the day. And I'm not going to lie, I know uh, Weird Al's phony calls better than Waterfalls. <laughs> Don't go making phony calls. Just stick to the seven-digit numbers you used to. <laughs> Dork alert. Uh, By the way, awesome. not a Weird Al fan. Just what? Not a, I, I don't like Weird Al. Okay, fine. <laughs> Fine. I actually, I actually just uh, I I got his uh, manager's email through John Bermuda Schwartz, his drummer, and uh, sent his manager an email asking if Al wanted to be on this here podcast. Oh shit! And they respectfully declined. So I said, uh, you know, fair enough. I'm not a famous dude yet. You know, is it worth Al's time? Maybe he didn't even run it by Al. He's just like, I don't know who this guy is. No. Um, but I said, consider it an open invitation. If Al ever changes his mind, wants to talk about the MF Giants, we know he's a fan. He's done a pastiche. Al's song, Everything You Know Is Wrong. I mean, it's like Everything Right Is Wrong again. He did an original, it's an original Weird Al song, but in the style of They Might Be Giants. So I know he's a fan. Um, maybe someday people can find This Might Be a Podcast. And this might be a podcast.com. Email me, this might be a pod at gmail. Leave me voicemails 224 801 2930. I'm all over uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram now, too. Um, if you really like stuff, and uh, hey, if you want to get on that $10 tier, I will jump you ahead of the queue just like uh, Gene here to uh, get on an episode. Go to patreon.com. Slash this might be a podcast. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me and thanks for entertaining me for like the last four months since I've discovered you. <laughs> You've powered through. Wow. So, so you're almost caught hard. up? Huh? Yeah. You're almost caught up? Almost like. caught up. I've got maybe a 
10 or 12 episodes left, but now that I've done this, I think I can cool off for a minute and try to <laughs> relax and savor those last episodes till I've caught up. Right. Again. Yeah, I know. It's just like with TV shows there, it's like, oh, there's seven seasons of this. It'll take us forever to get through it. Oh, crap, we're in the seventh season. We can't watch three a night anymore. <laughs> but then we do anyway, and then it's over, and then we cry. Uh, so yeah thanks for being uh, a listener and thanks for being an awesome guest would you like to pick another song to do this one would be a little further down the road but if you'd like to get on uh, just to save that space I would love to come back and talk another song with you okay think on that and let me know uh, and but for tonight I think we'll call it a night so have a good one you too Greg thank you Assassin pulling out my hair Smash out all the lights Kicking out my chair Fun assassin Take off your disguise Look me in the eye And 